Hey guys, William Mayette, creator of Jazz Edge, and I want to welcome you to episode number eight of the Confident Improviser podcast. All right, so today's topic, we're going to be talking about comping chords, and you're going to learn how to comp your chords to fill out your improvisation, right? Comping chords, super important skill to learn about, and a lot of students always have questions about comping chords, so we're going to cover all of that today. As a reminder, this podcast is a great companion to my Confident Improviser program found at Jazz Edge, and you can go back to theconfidentimproviser.com for more information and also to be able to get replays of this podcast. All right, so comping chords. Uh, the first thing to understand about comping chords is what is comping chords? Basically, you're adding rhythm to the chords, right? Uh, that's, that's really, if we were to boil it down, that's basically what's going on. So rather than just playing, you know, if I take my exercise number eight of my one, six, two, five, C, to A minor, to D minor, to G7. And remember here, I'm just playing my root three, root seven on A, root three on D, root seven on G. So simple chords for right now. And we're just gonna use these simple chords today. We don't have to do anything more fancy chord-wise than this. So uh, I could put on, let me go ahead and put on my, uh, whoops, uh, let me go ahead and put on my iReal Pro track here. And you're gonna hear, so I could simply just do this. Right, so there's nothing wrong with that, right? Just playing, you know, those chords as half notes. But the problem is it's gonna get boring after a while, right? So when we comp our chords, all we're doing is we're adding some rhythm to the chord. So it sounds more like something like this. And you'll see and hear that I'll play some of the chords on the beat. I might do some off the beat. I'm going to mix uh, my downbeats and upbeats to create more of a syncopated rhythm. All right, we'll talk about that as we go. All right, the other thing is comping chords is a great way to fill space. So when you're improvising, you don't, like a lot of times we think, oh, we're just gonna keep playing in the right hand, right? We're just gonna keep playing and making up stuff in the right hand. But the reality is that a lot of times students don't use comping enough to fill in that space and they end up playing way more in the right hand that they need to. They could really just fill some of that space by comping in the left hand. Third thing is, it is a super important accompaniment skill, uh, tool and skill to master. So when you listen to great pianists comp behind other instrumentalists or vocalists, you'll hear that they are really listening and actively engaged and listening to what the vocalist or the other instrumentalist is doing and then responding back to that. So it's very much a dynamic, almost call and response in a way sometimes, uh, but it's a very dynamic relationship between you and the soloist. Now, as a pianist, we might be both accompanist and soloist all at the same time. So like I'm playing my chords in the left hand here, right? Well, I'm accompanying myself while I solo it, while I solo in the right hand. So I am accompanying my right hand. So I need to be a good, my left hand needs to be a good accompanist to my right hand 
who is improvising. It's kind of weird to think of your left hand and right hand as two separate people, but in a way it's kind of helpful to think of it that way. So the left hand is accompanying the right hand, which means that that left hand has to support that right hand. If the left hand is doing too much or too little, it's not going to be supportive. And then finally, you want to remember, keep the rhythms simple when you comp. The number one um, uh, you know, problem that students have and the number one mistake that they make is that they try playing too complicated of rhythms when they start to comp. All right, so now let's talk about how to practice comping. Number one, pick your progression and your chord voicing. So we're gonna do the C major seven to A minor seven to D minor seven to G seven. If you're not at the piano, you can't see what I'm playing here. This is C and E in the left hand, that's the root and three. I'm playing the root and seven for A, which is A and G, root and three for D, which is D and F, and root and seven for G, which is G and F. Okay, number two, start with a simple rhythm, right? This could be quarter notes, it could be even half notes, right? Uh, it could be a dot a quarter eighth note, it could be two eighth notes, but the point is keep the rhythm simple, right? Number three, leave space. You want to make sure that you do not overplay. So you don't want to, let me give you an example here of what it uh, sounds like to overplay. I mean, do you hear how it's, it just sounds like, like madness here, right? The left hand is playing too much. The right hand isn't in sync with the left hand. That's an example of bad accompaniment against that improvisation, right? So you want to make sure that the left hand is really paying attention and listening to the right hand. And I'll give you some more examples. And then finally, you want to look for holes to fill with comping. So when the right hand is really active, well, the left hand doesn't have to do that much. But when the right hand kind of has a little bit more rest, then the left hand comes in with comping. Now, let's pause there for a second and remember, we've talked about playing and resting, right? So we've talked about, you know, coming up with a, uh, a line that might sound like something like this. Right, so you hear in the right hand, I'm resting, you know, and I hold that, that note C out for, uh, for a few beats. Well, while I'm holding out that note C, that's a perfect time to comp my chords. So a, a, an example of not very good comping would be something like this. Whoops. Like, see how I'm just like playing those chords just on beat one and beat three? It's not very exciting or interesting, is it? Now listen to this. when you listen to that, you can kind of hear how, okay, the right hand shines a little bit, and then the left hand kind of takes over. The right hand takes over, then the left hand takes over. So, how do we practice this? 
Well, first of all, I'm going to pull up my example here. So this is ex the exercise from, uh, you know, uh, exercise number eight, right? So it's, we have this. And now the one thing that you'll notice if you take a look at this, or even if you're just listening to this, right? I mean, take a listen to it. I'll play it a couple of times so you can hear it. Right? There's not a lot of space going on in the right hand, right? Like these two measures that, that are happening here in this exercise, the right hand is filling up a lot of that space. So there's not much space for the left hand to fill. But now let's say that I change this around and what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically X out this box, this second measure. Okay, so I'm not going to play anything in the second measure, and I'm just going to leave my chords for the second measure. So the second measure, the D minor to the G, is just going to be chords. So basically it's going to sound like this. And then D minor, G. D minor, G. So I suggest that you do the same thing. So just simply take out one measure in the right hand. It could be the first measure, so rather than going could do chord and then do the lick in the uh, in measure number two right so we have C major 7 a minor 7 in the first measure then D minor 7 G7 in the second measure it is a two measure exercise what I'm saying is take off either the first measure in the right hand or the second measure in the right hand for this example I'm going to take off the second measure in the right hand all right so I'm going to have and then now D minor G. So now what do I do over that D minor G? This is where I'm going to comp my chords. Now what's written is just plain all half notes. So start by doing something simple like changing that G7 rather than it being a half note, change it into two quarter notes. Alright, so two quarter notes. So that adds a little bit of motion there, but still, since it's quarter notes, it's on the beat, it doesn't sound very jazzy, right? So what we need to do instead is we need to bring in some of those syncopated rhythms. What is a syncopated rhythm? A syncopated rhythm, or the definition of syncopation, um, the most basic definition I've heard of syncopation uh, that I really love is the alternation between on the beat and off the beat, okay? So if we have some rhythms that are on the beat and some rhythms that are off the beat, which basically means the ands or the upbeats, okay, and we have that alternation, then we, we create syncopation. Now, it kind of falls into line with the a great uh, uh, definition I heard of rhythm, and the definition of rhythm is the alternation between sound and silence. So rhythm is the alternation between their sound and then their silence. Uh, so if we have sound, 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 right? You can hear that that creates a rhythm. What the rhythm is, it doesn't matter. But the point is we're going from sound, we're making sound, and then we have silence. That's rhythm. Well, syncopation is altering that sound so that the sound is not always coming in on the downbeat. It's not always one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, 
two, three, four, one, two, three, right? So it's like, that seems very predictable, right? So now we're going to create some syncopation and how we do that is have some upbeats, right? So like, if I just play on a note C here, just a rhythm, one, two, three, four, Those are my upbeats right there. So I'm playing some on the upbeat and I'm playing some on the downbeat. Now, if I play everything on the upbeat, that's not syncopation. If I play everything on the downbeat, that's not syncopation. I need to have the combination of the two. So what I would suggest you try doing to start with your syncopation at first is just try doing it over this D minor seven, G seven measure, right? So I'll put my iReal Pro track back on here. One and two and three and four. Right, so you hear how I'm like hitting ah 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 every time I'm saying that. Those are my upbeats there. I can even come in with that C chord a little bit before the beginning of the measure. So listen as I do that. There we go. So listen for that C. Uh, okay, do you hear how I came in just before the resolution of the beat? One, two, three, four, and one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and one, two. So I can play that C chord before the measure starts. Now, typically, when I'm starting the exercise, I'm going to start on the downbeat, but every repeat after that is where I can come in and do some of those anticipations, right? So how you get started with this is just have some fun. You don't have to have anything specific written out, okay? Just play around and see what kind of rhythms you come up with on that D minor and then G7. So again, take a listen. I'm gonna play the lick. Now I can comp. So the best way of approaching comping at the beginning phase is to understand some of those rules that we talked about, right? So the first thing is, remember, you're just adding rhythm to the chords. It could be whatever rhythm you want. It's a great way to fill space. It's an important accompaniment tool, and you want to make sure that you keep your rhythms simple. The practicing, pick your progression and your chord voicings. That way you're not hunting around and trying to figure out, well, what progression am I doing? What chord voicings? No, 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 no. Have it already set because then you could really focus on the rhythm. And we wanna start with a simple rhythm, okay? I know I was doing some syncopation. If that's too difficult for you, then start with some even more simple rhythms. Like I said, just do beat three and four. You know, try doing all quarter notes. Can you do that? 
And so I'm just playing the left hand and quarter notes rather than half notes. Start there, you know? Uh, try playing on beats two and four. See, I, I, I did one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, right? But on the very first, on the C, I did one, two. I played on beats one, two, so I could create a very interesting pattern there. Remember, leave space, do not overplay, and look for holes to fill with comping. So that means that you're going to play in the right hand, you're going to do your improv, but then add some space in the right hand, and while you add that space in the right hand, that's where you fill in with the left hand, and again, that sounds like this. Space in the right hand, fill it with a comping. And of course, the last thing is have fun when you're comping your chords, all right? If it's stiff uh, and it's, it's very like rigid, it's not going to sound good, right? So for comping to sound good, you need it to be relaxed. So you need to make sure that you're having fun, right? Now, if you have any questions, feel free to join me on Thursdays for my Q&A session. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern. Go back to theconfidentimproviser.com. If you're not a member of Jazz Edge, you can learn more back at that site or at jazzedge.com. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll see you in the next podcast episode.